Hi, I'm Latresa. And I'm Clancy. And we are a mother-daughter duo that shares a love and admiration for all things Elvis. On this podcast, you can expect a deep dive into the life of Elvis Presley. We will discuss books written by Elvis's friends, family members, and others who knew him best. We will critique and enjoy Elvis movies, concerts, and music with those who grew up listening to his music, watching his movies, enjoying his concerts, and hopefully inspiring a new generation of Elvis fans along the way. With all the misconceptions surrounding Elvis, we want to remember his life and his legacy. The man, the friend, the entertainer, and the philanthropist. This podcast is dedicated to those of us who celebrate the life of one of the greatest entertainers of all times. Let's Talk Elvis! Hey guys, it's Clancy and Latresa, and finally, welcome to the Let's Talk Elvis podcast season two. We are so glad to be back and missed you all, but thank you for being understanding of our little hiatus. Um, We were so excited to come back with a fun, strong episode for season two. We've been plotting and planning and then if you didn't know Elvis's only daughter Lisa Marie Presley passed away tragically and suddenly January 12th 2023 at only 54 years old so we are heartbroken and this is not the podcast we wanted to start with but we do feel like it is the perfect opportunity to um come back strong um giving um a great memory and dedication of this this season to lisa marie yeah i i i was thinking of it and had started to text my mom that we needed to do this episode and then she texts me like at the exact same time so great minds think alike but we knew we couldn't just launch into a random Elvis episode we had to make this about Lisa Marie. And I would say that we, I know I have researched this episode more than any others. Yes. Like I, I want to do it justice. I want to do her justice. And one of my favorite things, and my mom can vouch for this, I love to learn about Elvis and Lisa Marie's relationship. Well, I've known Lisa Marie. I mean, well, I haven't known her, but I've known of her because she wasn't a whole lot younger than than me. And no. so, you know, um, with my, um, I don't want to say obsession, but with my, um, oh, it's an obsession. <laughs> okay, obsession with Elvis, I was always, you know, always a part of it was the fact that he had a daughter. And so I've Mm -hmm. always, you know, found her fascinating and I've always followed her. I feel like one of the reasons I, I mean, I've loved to learn about Elvis and Priscilla and I've loved to learn about Elvis and Lisa Marie. And I feel like one of the reasons that I love it so much is that you think of Elvis as this huge presence this icon legend this i mean the king of rock and roll on stage in vegas and in movies and listening to his music and then he was also a dad 
So it kind of like humanizes Elvis. Yes. And there's such cool stories about their relationship. And that's really mainly what we wanted to talk about today. Um, we have a lot of content, so it might possibly have to be in two parts, but we'll see. We mainly have stories of her childhood because I feel like most of her current things are pretty known in the media and interviews, and we wanted to focus on happy childhood memories that a lot of people might not know. Well, it all goes back to Graceland, you know, yeah. that being her home um, in the early part of her life. And she's still, and in, in the last interviews that she had, you know, she was just there for um, Elvis's birthday celebration. Yeah, Sunday. And it all goes back to Graceland, and it goes back to her childhood. It goes back to memories and where she felt safe, where she felt love, and where she, mm -hmm. she, you know, I guess she grew her roots. Yeah, it was. say. It was always home to her. She always came back. And I feel like she always represented Elvis's legacy well. And she was always generous in sharing stories about him with the fans while also keeping some to herself. I always hoped that she would write a book about her childhood. That was something I always hoped that she would do. But, um, we're going to jump into it now. Hopefully we won't be too all over the place. So just to start out, I thought I would. Uh, she did have her own successful music career. And we were talking about earlier how much we loved her voice. She had, she had such a sultry voice. It was like did. rhythm and blue voice. I, I love to hear her. We actually went and, and uh, saw her in concert in yeah. 2012. The Storm and Grace um, at the Don Gibson Theater in Shelby, North Carolina. Yeah, it was awesome too. She, I, I truly do. I love her voice and I love her songs. I mean, she had a very different sound and she wanted to. She wanted to be her own artist, but I loved, I loved her music. I loved her voice. But so her debut album in 2003 was called To Whom It May Concern. And then she had a second album, Now What, that was released in 2005 and debuted at number nine on the Billboard charts. And then her third and final album, Storm and Grace, was released in 2012 and reached number 45 on the Billboard 200. And probably my favorite thing was every, every few years, or I wouldn't necessarily say few, it was, started out to be like um big anniversaries of elvis's death she would release a song that she recorded like as a duet with him so in 1997 which i didn't even realize before she ever even had a record deal or a record released she released a duet with her dad singing don't cry daddy for the 20th anniversary of his death and she released it she surprised um fans during Elvis week at the FedEx forum and released this song and in 2007 she released a duet of in the ghetto with her dad and all proceeds went to her charity for the Presley Place homes that she built and then in 2016 she released the duet I love you because 
and it has the sweetest home videos on it if you want to look that up on YouTube. And then in 2018, which would end up being her final duet with her dad, she released Where No One Stands Alone. And it also has a great video to look at on YouTube if you're interested in that. But my favorite of those is In the Ghetto. My favorite is Where No One Stands Alone because I've always loved that song. And I've heard, um, I can't, I don't remember exactly where I heard and read. I usually don't, don't give anything unless I've got two or three different sources. But I love this story about where Elvis, when he first recorded Where No One Stands Alone, that he had everyone to leave the studio. He turned out the lights, he was on his knees, and he was singing this song. And wow. that, to me, as a Christian, that is such a powerful, yeah, just a powerful vision, I guess. And um, I've always loved that song. And then where she sings it with him, I just, it's just, I it's just a, love it. Their voices go so well together. And I know in this song in particular, in the liner notes that she wrote, that it was a super powerful experience recording this song with her dad and she just could feel his presence with her when she sang it but i mean i i love all of the duets i love when i'm listening to elvis radio on sirius xm and they play one of these i always when i hear one of these songs come on i always i'm hoping that it's the the duet version but she had four kids she had uh, Riley Keough, her daughter, who's now 33, and she's a pretty successful actress now. Yes. She had a son, Benjamin Keough, who sadly passed away in June 2020. And then she had twin girls, Harper and Finley Lockwood, who are now 14. And our hearts just really break for Priscilla and her girls, especially uh, me as a, a sister who have I, I've lost a brother. I, I can't imagine losing someone else in my family that soon. And I know you as a mom who have lost a child, I just... I, I hurt for Priscilla so much, and I know they had such a close relationship and, mm -hmm. and surviving the loss of Ben and then to go on and to lose. I just really feel for Priscilla. Um, and I feel for the girls, too. Yeah. I just... Um, it's just, just so sad. It's it's sad for any family, but especially to have to go through it with the media yeah. and all the stories. And, and um, it's yeah. just such a tragedy to have to live and then to have to live in the spotlight. It makes it even worse, I feel like, for the family. Yeah. So we're going to start out with Lisa Marie's birth. And as always, anything that we tell you, we weren't there. We don't have first-hand accounts, but we try to pick what we feel like is reliable sources, our reliable sources, and things that we think you guys will enjoy. But if we're wrong, we're not trying to give you false information. Let us know if you know we're wrong, and we'll we will it. correct it. Yeah, so I just always like to say that we're not pretending to be experts. We just research and do our best to give you guys what we feel and hope is accurate information. So, 
Lisa Marie was born February 1st, 1968 at 5.01 p.m. in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, this information that I'm giving, I got out of Elvis, My Best Man. That was written by one of his really good friends and Memphis Mafia member, George Klein. Elvis and Me by Priscilla Presley and uh, Me and a Guy Named Elvis by Jerry Schilling. And the stuff that my mom was giving was from a book called uh, Elvis by the Presleys, which is so good. It is. It's, it's was, like a scrapbook of the family. It's really a good With all kinds of stories. I, they also have, we have the DVD. It's it's also a uh, like a documentary, but then they also have a book and we have both. And you can also find snippets of the story on YouTube if you're interested in watching that. We, we did that last time we were at Graceland because we didn't have our DVD, obviously, but it's one of my absolute favorites and there's so much good information and good pictures in that book but Priscilla said that Elvis was ecstatic when she told him she thought she was pregnant and made arrangements for her to see a doctor right away and he accompanied her to the doctor and sat in the waiting room and was so excited when she told him that he was going to be a dad and her pregnancy actually brought him closer together right after they found out they went from Memphis to Los Angeles where he was filming the movie Speedway with Nancy Sinatra and he would call from the studio every day where where they were filming just to say hello and make sure that she was feeling all right and it was actually during the filming of this movie that Nancy Sinatra threw Priscilla a baby shower which I think like mm -hmm. how cool is that of course she did but Elvis arranged his schedule so he could be home at Graceland the last month before Lisa was born. They performed practice drills for the trip to the hospital. They um, they had Jerry Schilling, the one of Elvis's good friends and Memphis Mafia member, to drive them. And Charlie Hodge rode in the passenger seat, another member of the Memphis Mafia, and he also sang back up and played guitar for Elvis in the later years. So uh, Priscilla's water broke the morning of February 1st. And they said that that morning everyone was nervous except Elvis, who was calm and collected. Um, Jerry said that's how he knew he had never been more nervous in his entire life. And his response was to act like there was nothing to worry about. And when they started off to the hospital, they had two guys go in front of them and wave the fans on and kind of lead them in a different direction so they wouldn't be followed. And they started out in the direction of the Methodist Hospital where they had made their practice runs. But on the way there, Charlie Hodge luckily saved the day and was told Jerry that they had changed it to Baptist Hospital. And Elvis and Priscilla like, confirmed, yeah, we're going the wrong way, so he turned the car around and and they made it in time to Baptist Memorial Hospital in Memphis. And Jerry said that as they sat in the waiting room with Elvis, he would get and he would get reports from the doctors. The more excited he would get and would bounce around and pace the room with nervous energy. And Priscilla said that Elvis was in love with Lisa immediately. And he told her Nungan, which was their, like, baby talk for a young one. Us has a little baby girl. 
and that he was petrified to hold her at first, but he started playing with her hands and feet, and and he said she's so perfect, even the color of her hair is right, which was jet black, um, and that Elvis accepted fatherhood with a great deal of joy. I've got a quote from uh, Patsy, his double first cousin, Patsy Presley, and uh, she said, I've never seen Elvis that ecstatic. I mean, he was in heaven. He became an extremely conscientious and overprotective dad, maybe even, um, or a protective dad, maybe even overprotective. He adored that child. And I also, um, in, in uh, the book by the Presleys, it talks about how everyone was, was uh, you know, they were all, excited and nervous and trying to get everything together and said that Elvis ate breakfast and then he went to looking for a box of cigars and and you know Priscilla's like what do you need a box of cigars for and he's like I have to have a box of cigars to hand out at the hospital so he was like going through like he was yeah. very calm and and everything and they were all um all just really nervous and excited and and he he was you know calm cool and collected yeah and jerry said that while watching elvis hold baby lisa he got the feeling that whatever elvis had been searching for in his spiritual explorations he had finally found a piece of in his arms he said that he looked like a proud husband and a natural born dad and he looked about as content as a man could be and George Cron in his book said that Elvis was delighted, remarkably loving, and incredibly comfortable as he held little baby Lisa. And GK also said he'd never seen Elvis and Priscilla looking so much in love and so full of complete, simple joy. And that things had never been so happy and tranquil around Graceland. Yeah, and that, you know, you, you think about bringing a new baby home and the yeah. excitement about it. I just think it was a very sweet time for them. I do, too. Um, Priscilla says in, in the book by the Presleys that Lisa Marie and Elvis had a very special bond. And, um, and Elvis, you know, there's a quote where Elvis says, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me, talking about being a daddy. And, uh, and I think that was, I think that was a turning point in Elvis's life. I think for that sure. he really felt the, the family roots and, you yeah. know, his, his closeness with his mom to now be a parent himself. I think that was a, a big thing. Yeah. Big Definitely. thing for him. I think it kind of, in a way, helped, like, he had grieved his mom for so long and everything and i think it kind of gave him a little bit of that joy back that he lost when he lost his mom yeah i, I can see Lisa. that yeah i can see that too and um you know he is he hardly he had a really really hard time trying to reprimand her um there's a lot of stories about how she patsy talks about she says that she loved her like she was her own but as a child, Lisa Marie was a little devil. I wanted to kill her a couple of times, but God helped me not to. I saw her as a little Elvis. She was ornery, outspoken, and a natural-born rebel. She'd be screaming and yelling and running through the house with her friends. She was everywhere at once. And for a long time, they wondered who was running Graceland, Elvis or Lisa. And I think that's such a that's such a fun little story. Yeah. Um, about her and yeah. about you know about their relationship 
Yeah, she ruled the roost. That's how I picture her, too, because she looks so much like him, too. And the yeah. stories you hear, she was just, she was the little boss of of everyone. They said that she would go around if the maids or the cooks or any of the Memphis Mafia members wouldn't do what she'd say, she'd fire, fire them. Right. I've got a story about the cook, Pauline. Uh, Lisa told one time that Pauline had made a chocolate cake and uh, that, you know, Lisa was really bad just to want to eat sweets and stuff. And, and uh, they tried to be pretty strict with her. Priscilla did anyway. Yeah, but, not Elvis. Um, but she was, she was told that, that uh, Lisa could not have a piece of the cake until after she ate dinner. So Lisa fired Pauline. And, uh, and Elvis was, oh, he was mortified because he was always so respectful to his staff. And, uh, and, you know, for her to, to, you know, even threaten to fire, he was just, his, her behavior was, was mortifying. Of course, you know, he didn't, he didn't do anything to her to punish her about it, but, um, but, you know, poor little Pauline trying to do what she was told to do and Lisa Marie firing her. I'm sure she <laughs> fired her more than one, on sure more than one occasion. Yeah. And, uh, she would threaten to tell on the Memphis Mafia. If they uh, they would have girls around and uh, that were their, their wives, wives. yeah, and uh, she would either threaten to fire them or to tell their she would blackmail them and tell them she was going to tell their wives so she could get them to to do whatever she wanted them to do. It's hilarious. She was. She, she was had it figured else. out. She, she had it figured out. She did. Jerry said that he remembers getting off a private plane with Elvis at the Santa Monica Airport. And Priscilla had brought Lisa Marie to meet them uh, at the airport. And that as they came down the stairs of the plane, Lisa broke free and came running to her dad as fast as her little legs would carry her. And that she had tears in her eyes. She was so happy to see Elvis. And he scooped her up and held her like he didn't need anything else in the world. He said, you couldn't doubt for a second that she adored him and he adored her. And GK said something almost exactly sim exactly the same thing he said. That he could remember how Lisa would run to Elvis when she came to Graceland for visits and how emotional Elvis would get when it was time to say goodbye and send her back to Priscilla after they separated. And that when he and Lisa were together, he took her almost everywhere he went. He would do whatever he could to bend his schedule to be there if he felt she needed him. And I love that because he, I mean, he was so much in demand. He was in Vegas on tours. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Just the fact that. He also tried to be a present and hands-on dad. It's and, really admirable. Oh yeah, and shows how close that they really were. And she, she was, she always had a big part of his life. I mean, he, yeah. would, he would uh, take her on tour and things. I, I read where she had said after her parents' divorce, she was living in L.A. with her mom. Um, she didn't really like school, and she said that she could remember looking out the window of the classroom, just waiting for one of her dad's cars to come and pick her up to yank her out of school. And and she always knew that when that car drove up, that she was going to be, go to see her daddy wherever he was on the road, that he was coming to get her. And uh, so, I, I mean, can you imagine memories like that? No. I mean, I, I would have loved to have just sat and asked her, like, just talk to her for hours. Um, a funny story 
uh, George Klein said that he put on an eight mask with a, a black raincoat backwards where Lisa and Lisa was playing in the den, which everyone now knows is the jungle room. And he walked in stiff-legged like a zombie and used a deep voice to introduce himself as Igor the monster. And Lisa stood there wide-eyed and looked up at him with a smile on her face. And that Elvis absolutely loved it and was laughing and said, Now I've got the only kid in the world who has her own personal monster. And she, she was really, uh, she really, when she was at Graceland, she basically took over. Elvis slept during the day and, um, and she had ruled the roost. She, she told some stories. Um, one time she shared about, um, about riding her golf cart down to the front gate. She said she didn't normally ride it to the front gate because there were always fans there. But one day she had gone down there and there was a woman that yelled at her and offered her $20 to go and take a picture of her daddy and uh, waved the camera to her. And Lisa said she grabbed the camera and she got on her golf cart. She goes upstairs and she said she went into his room where he, he was sleeping. And she said something told her that this was not really a good thing to do. So she said she went back out, she headed back down to the front gate, and she threw the camera in the bushes, apparently, as the woman was watching. And um, so the next day, the woman comes down to the gate, back to the gate, and she's complaining that, uh, that you know, her camera was thrown in the bushes, that, you know, Lisa Marie took her camera. And uh, when they asked her about it, Lisa Marie just said, tough, you know, she, she, <laughs> She, she was not hilarious. a bit remorseful. Yeah, <laughs> not a bit remorseful. She hated baths. She did not like to take a bath, and no one could get her into the bathtub. She said she would go for days without bathing, and Elvis was the only one who could get her into to go into the bath, get in a bathtub. Mm -hmm. And um, Priscilla's sister Michelle said that uh, when it came to Lisa Marie, it was. Uh, was unusual for Elvis to even raise his voice. He, he, um, if he ever scolded her, it was way more traumatic for him than it was for her. Yeah. And um, that if, whenever he did, there were just very few occasions, but, but when he did reprimand her, that it was devastating to both of them. And she said that he would always come into her room later with a puppet on his hand and sing a song to her, like Can't Help Falling in Love or one of those Can sweet you little songs. imagine? That is so sweet. And I won't be able to listen to that song anymore without thinking of him <laughs> singing it to her. Yeah. I have Precious. up in Priscilla's book, she said that she once got a spanking for riding all over a velvet couch with crayons. And that Elvis immediately went into panic after he gave her spanking and wanted Priscilla to assure him he had done the right thing and that Lisa wouldn't hold it against him. And the other time was after they had repeatedly warned her not to go near the pool, and she still did. And Priscilla said that Lisa remembered those spankings well and were very proud of them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but there were some really fun memories, too, not just ones of her being in trouble. Um, she tells a time about when Elvis bought her a pony. She said one morning after breakfast that he asked her to come outside. He wanted to show her something, and she ran outside with him, and there stood a pony, and he told her it was all hers. He put her up on the pony, and he starts leading her around the yard, 
and then he takes her into the house and if you've ever been to to graceland uh, there's a hall that is uh, between the jungle room and the room that goes into the bedroom that was uh, his grandmother's room, which Minnie Mae Presley was known to by Elvis as Dodger. They all called her Dodger because that was Elvis's nickname. But they go past Dodger's room, and about the time they get there, the pony relieved himself right there mm -hmm. in the hallway. Oh, and uh, Dodger starts yelling, wanting to know what all the commotion's about. And Lisa said that Elvis said, oh, it's nothing, Dodger, nothing, nothing at all. And said then he started running her and the pony back out. And they had to get up and clean the mess up before Dodger ever got up and saw what it was. You would think she'd be smelling that. Oh, yeah, you would. You would. <laughs> she probably was. She yeah, probably she was probably afraid was. to kind of see what it was. I it would probably be. wasn't much out I of the... I would be. You know, he had a pet monkey at one time, too, so yeah, there's no telling. Right. Uh, Lisa spent most of her birthdays in Las Vegas, where she would attend one of her dad's shows, and they would throw her a birthday party in Elvis's suite, where Priscilla said she would receive everything from two St. Bernard puppies, which was courtesy of the Colonel. She also got slot machines and an entire room filled with balloons. <laughs> what every kid wants, oh, yeah. <laughs> especially the slot machines. But exactly. <laughs> Great present. Also, uh, one of Elvis would also buy her extremely extravagant gifts like uh, diamonds and fur coats, all the things that every <laughs> little girl needs. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> Funny. And George Klein said that Elvis would rent out the Liberty Land Fairgrounds for Lisa and her friends when Liberty Land was an amusement park in Memphis that Elvis loved to go to. I mean, for a long time like I mean he, I, th I believe in George Klein's book he said they were what 10 11 13 when they first went to Liberty they had to climb over the fence because they couldn't afford a ticket mm -hmm. but he would rent out later after he became famous he would rent it out for him and his friends and George Klein it was the last visit actually before Elvis passed away that uh, he had rented it out for Lisa and her friends, and that while they were waiting for a ride, Elvis was looking at Lisa with such a sparkle in his eyes that you could feel the power of his love for her. And that's so I just, I love, I love the stories like that about their relationship. It's so sweet. I think they were both crazy about each other. Yes, definitely. There's another story that Lisa says where she remembers mentioning how bad she wanted a puppy. And she said the next thing she knew it was like 3 a.m. And there was a caravan of cars that were headed to a pet store. And the owner opened up. And there were about 20 people that took puppies home that night. Well, that's awesome. I'm sure they, that pet, can you imagine that pet? Yeah, owner? yeah. <laughs> that's something. Oh, yeah. There's another story I love where she says that at Christmas it snowed in Memphis, which, you know, that's that's unusual for Memphis to get yeah, snow, deep south. especially at Christmas time. But um, it snowed and they were all getting ready to go out and, and go sledding. And I can imagine because they were, you know, they went at everything so hard mm -hmm. that I'm sure that when they went sledding, it was a dangerous sport for them. Oh, yeah. She said that she was nervous and she never said anything. 
but she said that her daddy must have sensed that and said he got her sled and said he just pulled her around instead of letting her go and, and ride by herself. He never said a word, but he just pulled her along on the sled with her so behind sweet. him. I thought that was such a sweet little story. It is. In Priscilla's book, uh, she said that Elvis always assured her that he would take good care of Lisa, but his lifestyle was such that she couldn't help but worry when Lisa was in Memphis and that she called a check on her nearly every night that she was away. And it was 1 a.m. in Memphis when she asked Elvis, did Lisa have her bath and is she in bed yet? Yeah, she's taken care of, he said. She's in bed fast asleep. And within minutes, Aunt Delta called me and complained that Lisa wasn't in bed and she couldn't get her to take her bath. And so Priscilla talked to Lisa who said, well, Daddy wanted me to stay up when she called Elvis back. And she said, I thought you told me she was in bed. And he told her, I'll let her stay up. It's no big deal. That he handed everything to her on the on a silver platter. And so that was really hard to deal with that when she would come back to Los Angeles oh, and have sure. structure in school and homework and then go Priscilla to Priscilla was really strict on her I think yeah what I heard yeah that's what I heard too but she kind of had to be I feel like oh yeah balance it out yeah so funny you have some good Aunt Delta stories oh my goodness Aunt Delta was Vernon's sister and uh, she moved into uh, Graceland to help take care of of uh of their mom, Minnie Mae, a.k.a. Dodger. And um, um, Lisa Marie had some great stories of De Aunt Delta. Oh, yeah. Aunt Delta was a real character. Apparently, she was a uh, known, she was an, a known uh, diabetic alcoholic. <laughs> um, she had, she loved dogs and, and Elvis gave her dogs and she she they said uh, priscilla once said she if she ever came back as something else she wanted to come back as one of aunt delta's dogs but aunt delta would would um she kind of liked to get a um get everybody riled up a little bit so um she would drive lisa down to the 7-eleven for candy and of course, you know, Lisa knew how to get what she wanted from each each family member or each member of the staff or the Memphis Mafia. She she knew exactly how to get her way with everybody. So Delta would take her down to the Seven Eleven and buy her candy, and they didn't like for her to have a lot of sweets, but she would take her down there and uh, and buy her candy. And she also uh, bought her uh, Elton John albums for Christmas. They were unwrapping Christmas presents. And, Elvis uh, wouldn't buy them for and her. And Elvis wouldn't buy them for her. He said she needed to be listening to him, you know, he kind of jokingly. But anyway, uh, Christmas comes, and Aunt Delta has presents for Lisa Marie under the tree, and it's Elton John albums. And Elvis was like, who is he, and why are you listening to him? But uh, Lisa said later that uh, Elvis was listening to the to the albums with her, and he actually went to an Elton John concert. So mm -hmm. um, I thought that was a cute story. But it there's is. some really good Delta stories. She, she lived a in the house. Um, we should when, just do a whole episode on Delta. Oh, we should. Yes, definitely. I'll hold some of my Aunt Delta yeah. stories. Yeah. 
I'll hold some of them. You gotta for do later, an Elle because she is a real character, worthy of her own. She is worthy of worthy her, of her own, own segment. Yes. So the upstairs part, from what I understand, of Graceland, never been up there, was Lisa and Elvis's room, and he had set up a chair in her room where he would come and watch TV in there when he wanted to be with her while she was sleeping or something. I thought that was sweet. He just liked oh, to be yeah. close to her. Yeah, I love that. Um, when we have been to Grace, so in 2012, Lisa opened up an exhibit at Graceland called Elvis Through His Daughter's Eyes. I could have spent hours and did yes, in that did, place. actually. Because I didn't want to leave. I wanted to look at every single thing and read every single quote, newspaper article, everything it was so good but um while there and now they have something similar and it's called growing up presley yes and i'm i'm so so glad that we got to see both of those um exhibits and i'll be posting on our instagram page at let's talk elvis podcast and i'll save it to our highlights in case you're listening to this later but i'm going to post uh, the pictures uh, that I've got of of those exhibits, it's little baby clothes, shoes, toys, that kind of thing. Her crib. But there's also some really great quotes from Lisa yes, in in those exhibits. And I, as far as I know, the Growing Up Presley is still there. I'm not I'm not sure if if they've moved it. But one of my two of my favorite things in the exhibit is a blue scarf you know elvis in concert would take he had a ton of scarves and he would wipe his sweat you know wear them throw them out into the audience mm -hmm. and there's one it's a light blue one and it's his handwriting and it says to yisa which is his nickname for her and it says long beach arena i love my lisa daddy and it was from 1972 and it's so sweet i love I love that. I have a picture of it from when mm -hmm. we were there in 2013 to the first exhibit that yeah. Lisa did. And then this last trip in July, I have a picture of it. And then there's another one. And it was, we learned more about this than we knew. Oh, yeah. This last trip, our tour guide told us a really cool story about this gift. It was for Lisa's fourth birthday. And it was a poet out of Tupelo, Mississippi, that Elvis had asked to write a poem for Lisa from him for her fourth birthday and have it framed. And so this poet, she, she wrote the poem and she brought one of the copies over to Elvis to read to make sure he liked it before she had it framed and everything to make sure she didn't need to make any, you know, improvements. And he read it and cried and got teardrops on the, the piece of paper, and she kept it, and it's in a museum in Tupelo with oh, the dried teardrops, and we have yes. to go see it. That is number one. That's on the bucket list. It's on the bucket list, but it's the sweetest poem, so I thought I would read it. It's called The Priceless Gift, and it says, Birthdays are always special as your fourth one comes to you, and I wondered what I'd give you just anything wouldn't do. I thought of childish treasures to hang upon your wall, yet nothing seemed appropriate or none I could recall. 
money seemed so cold and fleeting, bought treasures go so fast, and I wanted a gift to please you and one that would also last. You know you're sort of special, you are really all we've got, your mama's bit of heaven and daddy's tiny tot. I closed my eyes, the years rolled by, and I slowly found my way to a shadowed corner in the attic, t'was a link to my yesterday. I raised the lid to a frayed old trunk, and there a priceless treasure lay, a tattered apron with strings still tied, and I know I heard her say, Son, I'm now just a precious memory, but don't ever forget one thing. I always tried to guide your life with these worn-out apron strings. They guided a man named Lincoln as he steered the ship of state. It's the only gift I left you that will never go out of date. Apron strings are changed the course of history. As great men felt their tug, they followed sons onto battlefields without the slightest shrug. They guided both kings and beggars through harmony and strife. Son, you surely must have felt their tug for how God has blessed your life. I bowed my head and said a prayer, for I knew God had surely touched a tattered old trunk so tucked away and an apron that had meant so much. So, Lisa, I give you the priceless gift that surpasses all other things, a whole lifetime of love for you, she tied in her apron strings. Daddy. Oh, and I that gets cry. me every time. That gets me every time. Can you imagine? So, so, and if you don't know, in, in Priscilla's book, she talks about all of Gladys's clothes being up mm -hmm. in the attic of Graceland. Mm -hmm. That's where they were kept. So, I mean, wow. What? It was just a treasure. So, some other cool quotes to wrap it up. Um, Lisa said, when I was with my dad at Graceland, we would go to bed at 4 or 5 a.m. and get up at 2 or 3 the next afternoon. It was always a lot of fun. There is not one bad memory. There was always lots, of, a lot of energy and life in the house. He was very mischievous. She said, anytime I was in Memphis with my dad at the house, I was happy. That was like a given. It was what I lived for, and I still feel the same excitement and warmth. Some more. I'm so much more like my father at times. That roar. I know it's a DNA situation. I hear it nonstop from my family. You are just like him. My gosh, you're just like your daddy right now. I hear that all the time when I'm in Memphis. When my parents divorced, I would go out on the road with my dad more and miss school, which I liked. People say I didn't get to see him very much, but I was with him quite a bit. So I I thought that I love those quotes and the, the that poem. Is an, that is such a good exhibit, and I'm so glad I have it. It is. And a last sweet story of Lisa before we wrap it up. I'm telling you, I could, could talk all day long. And this I, is definitely a two-parter. I apologize for the long episode. But I don't. <laughs> <laughs> she deserves it. And we, we need she a does. part two. We need a part yeah. two. Um, Jerry Schilling, who I've talked about a lot this episode, Elvis gave him an emerald ring one year for Christmas, and he never took it off. He wore it all the time. He considered it his good luck charm. In 2004, he was in New York and noticed that the emerald was missing, and he couldn't find it anywhere. So he was devastated, but he still wore the ring. And the next time he saw Lisa, she noticed it was missing, and she asked if she could see the ring and have it reset for him. So he said the next time that he saw her, she gave 
him back the ring, and it had the most exquisite emerald in it that he'd ever seen. And so he said now it's, like, even more priceless because it was a gift from Elvis and Lisa. Mm. And I just think yeah. I love that story. She she was generous, too. She yeah, I was going to say, too. I was going to say, you hear of how generous her dad was, and uh, she definitely... She got that past she, down. She did. She, and I'm sure seeing him be that way is rubbed yeah. off on her. But oh yes, definitely. I, I there's really no good note to end. No, end the not. episode on. But I hope you guys have liked it and learned more about Lisa that you didn't know. And we didn't want to focus on really present day or her marriages. I feel like that's all anybody's talked about since she passed. We wanted to talk about her. Happy childhood. That's what I like learning about right. when Elvis was alive and yes. happy times in her life. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just such a heartbreaking, heartbreaking situation. And you feel, I mean, they feel like family members. You know, when Elvis yeah. died, we've talked about where were you at when Elvis died. This is something I remember. For uh, sure. Where I was when I found this out, too. And, and uh, it's... You know, um, when you think of the Presley family tree and you think Elvis is gone and now his only daughter is gone, yeah. his grandson, um, you know, his his parents, his grandparents, uh, Priscilla is left. And I, I, my heart goes out to Priscilla so much. I mean, here she is with three granddaughters. Yeah. That. Um, Two who are only 14. Yeah. And, and. Uh, the loss of, of her child, her, and uh, I just, my heart goes out to her, but you see the legacy, the Presley legacy, just getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. And it's really sad. It's heartbreaking. It, it is. It really is. Our, yeah. Our prayers, our prayers go out to them for sure. I haven't been able to get them off my mind really since it happened. Yes. Um, but thank you all so much for hanging with us and listening. And we will be coming out with more, hopefully, releasing every Monday. We're going to try to be better. Yes, we are. We're very glad to be back. We're and glad we to be lots back. Of information we want to pass along. Some good and exciting things coming up. We're hoping this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have more about that later. But we're we're planning a trip to to Memphis and Graceland in, in the next month or so. And I just created a Let's Talk Elvis Facebook group. If you want to go give that a like, and I'll post there when new episodes come out. Like I said before, our Instagram and our TikTok are both at Let's Talk Elvis Podcast. And as always, please follow us there. That's where you'll hear the first information. If you like what you hear, reviews help and mean so much to us. Yes, it does. Tell your friends uh, to get the word out. We love doing this, and we're so glad to be back, and we really hope that that you've learned some things about Lisa Marie that you didn't know before. I think she was such a, a cool person, and yes. I love all the funny stories, and it's it's really going to be sad it, it does. to it see, really... you know, what happens without her and how her, her girls carry on her and Elvis's legacy and Priscilla, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll see. And but Elvis lives on in our hearts, and now he's, Lisa Marie does as well. And 
just keep praying for this family, lift them up. I mean, it's just like we all feel like we're part of the Elvis family and, and yeah. we're part of the Elvis fandom. So lift this family up in prayer and, uh, and hopefully we'll t be talking to you very soon. Thanks guys.